Thank you for tuning in to the Springs Church Podcast. Here, you'll find messages that are powerful, inspiring, but most importantly, straight from the Word of God. If you're located near Tacoa, Georgia, or in Tacoa, Georgia, we'd love to see you on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Enjoy today's message, and remember, we love you, Tacoa. Here we go. Uh, Verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water. Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this will and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the word this morning. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak through me. Let, let my thoughts, let my words be silenced right now, God. And may it be you that speak. Father, again, we take authority over every distraction right now in Jesus' name, over every lie of the enemy. We bind them right now. Father, release the spirit of truth in this atmosphere. Lord, we thank you today. We love you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So my sermon title is called Living Water. This passage is very interesting because of the interaction that we see happening. And we are all familiar with this passage. Um, And there's there's two, essentially two things that I want to highlight here. And and a question I want to start off with is, what's your water source? What's your water source? What's your water source? A lot of us, you know, there's some people who own land and they have um, a well, there's some people, you know, who um, they have like a, a extravagant filtration system, you know, in their house. Uh, there's some people who like to drink tap water out of the garden hose, you know, growing up. I know a lot of us, you know. What's your water source? What's your water source? Um, it's estimated that the average person, the average person can survive three days without water. That's the average. And then after the third day, your organs begin to shut down and your body is unable to function properly. I don't, has anybody ever been like dehydrated or, you know, and you know what it does to your body? It's like, you, be, you know, I can't imagine going without water for, for three days. Some of us do because we just like to drink sodas and stuff, you know. Um, which, I mean, technically it's water. But anyways, we... <laughs> I'm not throwing shade. I like soda, too. I'm not throwing shade, all right? Um, but our, our body begins to shut down. We begin to shut down. Our, organ, and we, our cells begin to die off because water is a, is a life source. Water is a life source. You know, before God created the heavens and the earth, it was water, right? It was water. So water is, is what we can't live without. It's a necessity. We all agree, right? It's a necessity. We need water. We use water for everything. We use water to drink. We use water to wash our cars, to take a bath, you know, to 
to make mud, everything. Water is, is important. Um, and there's, there's, there's something that, when I was thinking of dehydration, and it happens to me, and I hate it when it happens. Um, anybody ever had dry mouth before? I hate it. I'm like in the middle of the night, I'm sleeping. And it's, I'm usually having like a crazy dream where I'm like, I don't know, it's like I'm fighting someone or I'm running away from someone or I'm watching some weird like bear hopping in a koala. I don't know. Um, I didn't have that dream, sorry. Um, and it's like in my dream, it's like it feels like I'm choking. It feels like I'm choking. And then I wake up and all of a sudden it's like I'm, I literally can feel that my mouth is dry, that my throat is dry. And it's the worst feeling in the world. I hate it. I hate it. And whenever that happens, the first thing I think I'm thinking of, I need water. I need to deal with this problem. I need to fix this because I don't like this dryness. I don't like this dryness. I don't like feeling like I'm, I'm being choked. It's an uncomfortable feeling. It's an uncomfortable feeling. And for a lot of us, I would like to say that I... I, I I wish that in our lives that, that there's areas that, that are dry, that are uncomfortable, that, that we would want to deal with it and, and find a water source to deal with it. But a lot of times we get comfortable in dryness. We get comfortable in dryness. We get comfortable. And sometimes it's, it's, it's not necessarily things that we're doing. Sometimes it's circumstances. Sometimes we find ourselves, it's like we're, we, find, we find that we're missing something that we think is essential, right? And so we feel like we're dry. So a question I want to ask is, what in your life that when you go without it, you start to shut down and dry up, right? Because the body, after three days, it begins to shut down and begins to dry up. When you dry mouth, that's a sign of dehydration, that you don't have enough water in your system. So what in your life that when you go without it, you start to shut down? You start to dry up. A lot of us, it's happiness. A lot of us, it's love. If there's an absence of love, we feel like we're, we're choking, we're dying. A lot of us, it's affirmation because we never had a parent to tell us that they loved us, that they cared for us, or a loved one. Some of us is confidence. It's like your confidence is shattered, and it's like you're you're just you're you're shriveling. Some of us is attention. Like we can't go without attention. It's like you have to be the center of attention. And if you're not the center of attention, you pitch a fit. You go crazy because it's all about you. It's all about you. And you feel like you're drying up if if. The attention is not on you. Some of you is caffeine. I always make fun. You know, I realize every time I preach a sermon, I always make fun of coffee drinkers. I don't know why. Because I don't drink coffee. I just want to throw that in there. I just noticed that. Um, some of us is money. It's like money is our God. The minute money starts drying up, oh, I got to hustle. I got to do this. You know, it's like forsake everything else. Money is my focus. And what happens, and, and one thing I, I realize is whenever, whenever I, I, you know, I wake up and my mouth is dry, the only thing I can think about is getting water. And so in that moment when I'm awake, there's nothing else on my mind but getting water. 
And believe it or not, I'm in a state of desperation because it's like, I need to satisfy this issue right now. Desperation can be good or bad, depending on the context that it's in. Here's a definition. Desperation is a state of despair, typically one which results in rash or extreme behavior. And I, as I was, before I even looked up the definition, I wrote that desperation is a lack of wisdom, patience, and self-control. A lack of wisdom, patience, and self-control. So, so you're desperate, you're in a state of despair, and in a state of despair, your brain shuts off, essentially, and you immediately switch into making a rash behavior, like you're not thinking through. So there's no wisdom in it. There's no patience in it. It's, I got to have it right now. I got to have it right now. And there's no self-control. Because I'll go to the sink, I'll like, down like four jugs of water, because I'm like, we need to eliminate this right now. Have you ever met someone who's been desperate, or who, who's coming off as desperate? And it's like, it's like get away from me. <laughs> I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to deal with you. So in this story, Jesus is, is having this amazing interaction with this lady from Samaria. And he meets her at this well. He meets her at this well. Let's put verse 11 up, Jure. So the woman said to him, sir. So Jesus asked, um, Jesus asked her for water. And then she starts to get a little bit of, like a smart mouth, essentially. You know, and said, um, you know, Jews don't have no dealing with Samaritans, blah, blah, blah. And then Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is, who asked of you to give me a drink, you would have asked him to give you living water. And so she replies, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And so here we see we're at Jacob's well, right? Jacob's well is a water source. It's a reservoir. It's man-made. Jacob dug it himself. There's not um, anywhere in Scripture that necessarily um, points that out, um, but scholars, they sort of interpret that because he bought a piece of land, he dug the well. And so wells are what we run to in order to satisfy our needs in order to function. All right? So again, dry mouth, I get up, I run to a faucet, to get water, because the water is going to satisfy my need in that moment, right? But wells are not, wells can be anything. Wells can be anything. So you can put the next one, Dre. So we run to blank to draw blank. We run to a well to draw water. And I asked you earlier, like, what in your life do you feel like if you go without that you're going you're gonna to dry up, Right? So some of us, we run to alcohol, we run to drugs to draw comfort. That's our well we run to. It's like there's a lack of comfort, there's something that's broken, and we have to run to alcohol or drugs because we feel like that's going to fix the problem. That's going to satisfy the need. The next one, relationships to get happiness. Some of us, we can't, like, we... We have to have a relationship. We have to be in a relationship. We got to be with a man or we got to be with a woman because if I'm not in a relationship, I'm not satisfied. 
and you, you invest all yourself, you invest your entire self in this, trying to make it work, but you never really feel complete, right? Social media, man, we live in the age of social media, to get acceptance, because we're never accepted. And I'm the, I can tell you, I'm the first one. I'll, you know, I, I'm going to share my testimony in, in, in a few months. Um, but I was, I was a kid who was bullied in school from, from fifth grade all the way up to my senior year in high school. And I was a kid who experienced no acceptance. So I know that firsthand. I know what it feels like to be alone. I know what it feels like to go home crying because nobody in your eighth grade class tells you goodbye because you're moving to, to ninth grade and no one cares about you. And you go home crying and your parents ask you what's happening and you make up a lie because you don't feel like you can explain to them what's happening. Like, that's real. That's, that's my story. I know what it feels like to be bullied and ostracized every day. I know what it feels like for, to be rejected. I understand that. We run to social media. We run to people to find acceptance. We run to pornography or sex to draw love, validation, because we feel like we're, we're, we're inadequate. And we get trapped in that. We get trapped in that. What's the next one, Jerry? We run to gossip or comparison to draw self-esteem, you know, because we feel bad about ourselves. So we got to go talk about somebody. We got to go point out somebody else's issue so that we can feel better about ourselves. Or we got to compare. I'm not as bad as they are because we really have an issue with our self-esteem. Or we run to religion to draw purpose or destiny instead of running to the Father because religion is a man-made thing. And we don't feel complete, and we, we're, we're trying to discover who we are, why were we created, what is our purpose. And so we make things up instead of running to the actual source. You can fill in the blank with whatever you want to, to fill it in with. You know, she said, where are you going to find this living water? And this is the crazy thing. Like, she, she, she says, you know, like, are you greater than Jacob? Are you greater than Jacob, our father, who drank from this well, his livestock, his children? And see, a lot of us, and, and, I'm, and I want to kind of highlight the, the, the religion aspect. One of the reasons why the church today is struggling, and you hear, you know, you hear people asking for revival, but nobody, nobody's really putting themselves in a, in a place to really receive it is because we're comparing. Like she says, are you, like, Jesus, she doesn't realize it's Jesus. Jesus, the, the living water, the son of God, the bread of life, who's saying, hey, if you knew the gift, standing right before you, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But she turns around and, and she's like, living, where are you going to find this? Jacob built this well, and Jacob is a patriarch. Wells were important. Wells, wells represented status in that time. And so Jacob built this well, his family drank from it, his livestock, his children, and it was passed down. And so she's saying, well, Jacob is a pretty awesome dude. What do you mean you're going to find better water? He dug this well by himself with his hand. He dug it. He found this water. This water is awesome. What do you mean I'm going to find better water? Where? And see, that's what happens in church. That's what happens in religion because we're stuck in the 19-whatevers. We're stuck in a move of God that happened before, and instead of following what the Spirit is doing now, we're like, 
oh, we drink from this well. This well is awesome. What do you mean there's a better one? The Bible says that God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. And for us in our life, God is doing a new thing, but we want to hold on to old wells. We want to go drink from old wells, from old relationships, from old mindsets, from old habits. And I love Jesus' response. He says, those who drink this water will become thirsty again. Those who drink this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty. This water I will give, in, give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You know, it's interesting that he used the word spring. He could have used any, you know, he could have used any, any other word. I don't know why he, he chose the word spring. Um, interesting enough. So spring water. Anybody like spring water? Some people don't because some people complain about the taste and stuff. I love spring water. So I, I was trying to, like, find, and I don't know if these sources are credible, but I Googled them. Google's credible, right? Uh, <laughs> It was not credible. But I, I, I went through several different um, websites, and I just wanted to, like, I kept looking up what is the healthiest water to drink, or what's the best water to drink. And unanimously, it said the healthiest water to drink is water that is free from pathogens and contaminants, but yet it's rich in key minerals. And it said it's, if there was an option to pick, it's likely going to be spring water, or clean artesian water, which artesian water is just spring water. That's all it is. They just give it a fancy name. Um, which is water that, is, that still contains healthy minerals and contents, and it's free of pathogens. That's from Aqua um, Space Water Systems. They install water systems in houses in DC. You can look them up. Um, this one is from Cedar Springs Water Company. I'm about to read you. They're um, a water company in Canada. Says, no beating around the bush here. Without a doubt, spring water is the winner. It is considered the best water to drink, providing vital nutrients as it moves through the body. Spring water provides much needed oxygen to the body and the brain. It aids in good digestion. It helps maintain a healthy weight, and it tastes great. Spring water never tastes flat or boiled. It makes for an excellent drinking experience and one that does wonders for the body. And then there's another... Um, company who um, produces um, bottles, they hate plastic bottles, is that anyone who has had the privilege of consuming from a spring will tell you that it is the best tasting, thirst quenching water that you will ever get. And so Jesus says, hey, this water, you drink it, you're going to get thirsty again. You're going to get thirsty again. You go back to that well of addiction, you're going to get thirsty again. You go back to that well of pornography, you're going to get thirsty again. You go back to the well of religion, you're going to get thirsty again. But he says, the water that I have is going to become in you a spring, an active thing, something that is, it, it's working on its own. It's working on its own. It's inherent value, not external value. See, a well is an external value. The spring God wants to give you and I today is an inherent thing, an internal thing, an eternal thing. 
Spring um, wells, you know, they have to dig deep in the ground, you know, and they have to find some, uh, you know, there's, there's water that's trapped in rocks. And so, you know, when they bust through the, walk, the rock, the water can, you know, begin to fill up, you know, the, the, the well. Well, what happens over time, because it's not an active flow, the water is stagnant. It's still, you know? And so, like, I was, when she said, you know, Jacob, you know, they drink from it, I'm like, you know, all this year, is like, what has contaminated this water? Like, what has gotten into this well? Because I'm like, what, I want to drink that? You know? All right, so I'm, like, I love water, and I have a little filter at my house. And, um, you know, the filter is supposed to clean the water. But in my mind, like, I, in my mind, and I think, I think some people do, this is not everyone. Whenever I go to drink water, I have to let the water run for, like, 10, 20 seconds. Because in my mind, like, there's water in the filter that's been sitting, and it's been stagnant. And I'm like, I don't want that water. I want the fresh. I want the fresh stuff. How many of you guys want the fresh stuff today? You don't want the, the stale, the stagnant Amen. life. You want a fresh life. You want a life that's bubbling up. Amen. Right? That's what Jesus is offering. That's what Jesus is offering the Samaritan woman. And he confronts her. Let's read verse 15, 16. Did we read that already? I'm not sure. 15, 16, do I have it, Dre? Yeah. So the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw. Is 16 on there? 16, I'm going to read it. It says, Jesus says to her, go call your husband and come here. So she says, I want this, I want this water. I'm tired of, I don't want to keep making this travel, making this trip to come here. Yeah, I'm interested in this living water. It makes my life easier. But see, the problem is she wanted the living water without giving up the old, without giving up the well. And so Jesus has a funny way. Jesus, can, Jesus will speak using metaphors. Jesus will speak using things that we see, but he has a deeper intention, a deeper purpose. See, Jesus is targeting the well that she's drinking from her heart. And he targets, you know, he targets her thirst because she was thirsty. He says, go call your husband. You read later, she's like, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, you're right. You've had five husbands. And the one you're with now is not even yours. Jesus hits the issue. He hits, like, her, her, her crave of thirst. And it could have it been, been rejection. It could have been... It could have been love. It could have been whatever it is. But for her, she had to run to a man continuously, continuously. That was her well she wanted to drink to find happiness. And Jesus is like, hold up. We got we to gotta change things up a little bit. We need to address this because there, 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 there's a dysfunction here. And for us today, God wants to address our dysfunction. God is offering living water to us today. He's offering living water to you today. And a lot of us are saying, yes, I want it, I want it. But there's stuff in our hearts that we don't really want to let go of. We're like, you know, I want this living water, so, you know, I think it's going to be easier, but I, it's, I have a backup. Jesus is not a backup. The living water is not a backup. It's the only water that we need. It's the only water that we need. Before, you know, he confronts her. Because he's trying to show her that, hey, you're putting your, your resources, your, your, what you're craving for, 
what you're trying to fulfill, you're running to the wrong places. A lot of us are running to the wrong. Some of us are running back to things that God set us free from. Because, because, because before, we could drink of it and we thought we were satisfied. We thought that we, were, that we were complete, but we don't remember that, hey, we had to keep running back, running back. Some of us are finding new wells to run to because we feel like God isn't enough, and so we have to create something. We have to try to dig a new well. We have, it's crazy. I have an analogy I want to I wanna share with you guys. Um, I was making fun of soda drinkers earlier. So soda versus water. Um, a lot of us like soda. Soda's good. You know, it's, it's great for, like, parties and stuff. Um, but you ever, you ever um, like, I don't know, I have some health experts in here, I feel like. I used to be one. I used to work at GNC a long time ago. So I used to be the guy that sells you vitamins and tells you what you need to lose weight um, and, you know, to fix your body and whatnot. But we, one thing that, you know, health experts all agree on is that um, when you drink soda, like before a meal, what it actually does is it increases um, your appetite. And it, it, or, or I should say, it sort of distorts it. Um, it, con- it contributes um, to obesity, and it interferes with the hormones that tells the body, I feel full. And so that's usually why, you know, at least I've heard, and I feel, I'm sure everyone has heard, like they tell you if you don't want to eat a lot when you go to a restaurant, you drink a glass of water before you eat because it helps with that, that satiated feeling, that full feeling. But soda tricks your mind because of the sucrose, the sugar that's in it. It's a drug, essentially, is what it is. It tricks your minds, and it, make, it makes you feel like you're not full. You're not satisfied. And so initially, when you're drinking it, you think, oh, I'm okay. But then wait about 10 minutes. You're like, man, I want something else. There's, there's no regulation. You lose complete regulation. It leads to lower amounts of appetite-regulating hormones. And see, that's what happens in our life when we're not drinking from living water, when we're not drinking from the Holy Spirit, and we're running to other things. Yeah, we might think it it satisfies for a while, but it's it's distorting that hormone that's regulating, hey, like, you're full. Like, it it makes you crave for the, the thing that you're drinking. It doesn't make you crave water. If you start drinking, if you start downing a Sprite right now, you're going to want another Sprite or another sugary drink, or you're going to want some, some fried chicken or something. I don't know. You know? Amen. That's right, Jere. <laughs> yes, sir. But water creates a fullness, a sense of fullness, and it helps to regulate. So on the one hand, something deregulates, and the other regulates. Sin will deregulate. Living a life of holiness will regulate. Chasing after possessions and things will deregulate. Chasing after the spirit will regulate. You get what I'm saying? Investing your time into fruitless, worthless things will deregulate. Spending time in your word, spending time praying will regulate. So I have a couple examples I want to show you guys. 
Everybody knows what this is, right? Sprite. I love Sprite. That's my favorite soda. If I were to drink soda, Sprite is the soda I'm going to drink. Um, but Sprite, and they don't have it now, but Sprite used to have a slogan back in the day. Anybody know what it is? The slogan for Sprite was, obey your thirst. Mm, all right, I think some of y'all caught it. Obey your thirst. See, Sprite, if you, if you keep drinking, if the only thing you drink is Sprite your entire life, your body is going to be in a world of trouble. But see, their slogan, it, I, I thought that was so interesting. Obey your thirst. And see, that's what it does, because once you consume it, it makes you want to go back for more. And see, for some of us, we find ourselves in this place right here where this is telling us what to do. This is controlling us. We don't have control over, over our, our will. This is telling us to obey our thirst. So every time we drink from it, it's pulling us deeper. It's pulling us closer. And we can't get out of it. This is our master right here. And it's leading to death. It's leading to destruction. It's leading to deterioration. Yeah, it tastes good. Sin looks good. It might be good. It might be fun for a while. It might be fun to go to the club. For a while. It might be fun to smoke a joint for a while. It might be fun to sleep around for a while. But it's killing you. Because there's nothing pure in this. There's nothing in here that will really satisfy you. We got option number two. Gatorade. Now, Gatorade is my favorite drink that's not sugar. I'm, I'm, I'm showing y'all this, by the way. You know, if you ever want to get me like a gift one day, you know, <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. Just say it. Just say it. I'm just kidding. Gatorade. So Gatorade actually says here on the bottle, it says thirst quencher. Thirst quencher. See, Gatorade and other products like these pride themselves on providing electrolytes and things that your body needs to function. Like if you're working out or if you're like standing in the sun for like, you know, five hours and you're losing, you're sweating and you need to replenish, they're like, hey, this is what you need. Now Gatorade is better than Sprite for your body. It does provide hydration, but it's temporary. There's hydration, but there's also that little sneaky sugar that's in here. So yeah, you might be better off. You're not, you're not here. You might be here. You might be better off than this person, but this is still doing the same thing. It's just going to take longer. Yeah, I can get away with this. No one's going to really know. It's a small sin. It's, it's, it's insignificant. It's not really going to hurt me. It's not really going to destroy my family. But all, all the while, you're still intaking. You're not, you're not getting the best nutrients. You still have that sugar affecting you. And you still have that craving. Like, even if you drink a Gatorade, because I'm, I'm guilty. I'm telling you, I'm guilty. 
I can down three of these in 20 minutes. Because once you drink it, like, you get addicted. Right? It has, it has, thank you, thank you, Lord. It has the electrolytes in here, what you need, but there's an additive that makes you addicted. And so, therefore, it's not really what you need. (laughs) Do you get that? You become addicted to the sugar. It's not the electrolytes. Who cares about the electrolytes in here? You get this because it tastes great. Cool blue. That's my favorite flavor. This thing tastes amazing. I don't go to the store and buy this because I need hydration. I want a Gatorade. That's why I go and buy it. I see, that's, but I mean, that's how we are, though, you know? It's like, I want this. That's why I'm, you know? But there's a third option. Come on, somebody help me preach this morning. There's a third option. Mountain Valley Spring Water. You know, I did some research, and this is actually supposed to be the best rated water in the U.S. It's supposed to be. (laughs) Is that true? We don't know. (laughs) Um, But they pride themselves because they say this spring is, is, is unaffected, right? It's raw. They harvest it, like, directly from the source. That means there's no additives, there's no contaminants. This is complete, pure spring water. And this is actually the water that a lot of um, renowned chefs will use when they're creating, like, their dishes. Like, you know, the Michelin star dishes and stuff? That, you know, $500 piece of steak that you go and get from Gordon Ramsay? They don't use Gatorade? No, no Gatorade. (laughs) I'm going to experiment. But spring water. This is, this, is, this is no additives. There's nothing, there's no contaminants. And see, that's what the Holy, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, there's no contamination in him. There's, there's no imperfectness in him. See, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you up. That's the, that's the thing about water. Water is pure. Water is pure, and water actually removes contaminants from your body. That's why when you're exercising, even if you're not exercising, they tell you you should drink at least a gallon of water a day because it flushes your system and it removes toxins that build up in your body. And so Jesus confronts this woman and he, and he says, go get your husband. We need to deal with this because right now you're drinking from dirty water. You're drinking from stagnant water that is, you're always going to keep coming back to. You're going to keep coming back to. You, you, you think you're going to be okay for a year or two, maybe five years, but eventually you're going to keep going back to it. The more you keep drinking of it, it's never going to satisfy your thirst. You're never going to be happy. Never. But he says, this water. This water. Somebody say, this water. Come on, one more time. This water. That I give will become a, a, a spring of living water. Right. And it wells up to eternal life. And you know her response? You know, she had a little bit of discourse after, but when she realized who she was talking to, the Bible says she dropped her bucket 
and she ran. And she went to the town and said, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. I believe for some of you this morning, you can come up, Nathan. For some of us this morning, we've got some buckets we need to drop at Old Wells. Because you can't receive living water. You can't receive the gift that God has for you if you still are holding on to your bucket with the intention of drawing from old wells. You want this new life. You want to live for God. God, I want to be on fire for you. But God is steady pointing at this area in your life. And you're saying, God, why? Like, I want things to become real for me, God. Like, why is it not happening? And God is saying, hey, you need to drop your bucket. You're still drinking at this old well. It's messing you up. It's like you won't let it go. You can't receive the living water. You can't receive the gift that I have until you surrender. And surrender is a hard word for us. It's a, it's a difficult word for us. Because it means we have to completely let go. We have to completely turn away from, old, from, from the past, from old things, from things that... that yeah, it's fun to take part of, but it's really killing us. God is asking, are you, do you really want the living water this morning? Do you really want the thing that will satisfy, that will, that will leave you full, that you will never thirst again? You'll never go back to that old world. See, because once you've had clean, fresh Spring water, you can tell the difference between what's not. And you don't want the fake. You want the real thing. Do you want the real thing this morning? The Holy Spirit is asking you, do you want the real thing this morning? And it's not something that you have to work for. And I love that she dropped her bucket because the, 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 the longer she kept her bucket, the, the longer she was going to be the one to have to draw it in. To, to, to let the bucket down. The crazy thing, Jacob's well, so it's estimated that it used to be about 100 feet deep. Now they say it's about 75, but that well is completely dry right now. Completely dry right now. And that's the danger when you choose to continue to drink from wells that don't satisfy, eventually they're going to dry up. They're going to dry up. And you're going to run to something else, and it's a cycle. But Jesus says, there's a water that's going to generate inside of you. There's a water that you're not going to have to work on your own. It's something that's already active. You just have to drink. You just have to receive. It's not your work. Your work is, is, is filthy. Your work is filthy. It can, never, it can never satisfy. It can never meet the requirements. But the Holy Spirit working inside of you is sanctifying you. The Holy Spirit working inside of you is purifying you. The Holy Spirit working inside of you is renewing your mind. He's removing those toxins. He's removing those impurities. As long as you're willing to drink. That's all. You gotta be, you're willing to try this well. You were willing to drink from this well, but it was your own effort. You had to drop your bucket. You had to drop your rope. 
And see, if the bucket wasn't full, you had to drop it back again. Repetitive motion. But Holy Spirit is saying, no. I'm the fountain. I'm the fountain that never stops. I'm the fountain that's bubbling up. I'm the water that never runs dry. I am the living water. You got to stand up on your feet. This morning, there's some of us who are consuming Sprite. Not literally, you know, metaphorically. And this is all we're consuming, and it's shutting down. It's, 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 it's like we're rapidly shutting down. It's like things are just going bad, and we can't pinpoint. We can't pinpoint. It's like things are just going, going bad. Things are shutting down, but we're still consuming. We refuse to get rid of what's killing us. There's some of us who are here. We're not where we used to be, but we're not where God is calling us to be. We're still contaminated. Yeah, you might be hydrated for a lot longer. You might can get away with things better. You might be able to hide things better. You might not be in blatant sin, but Holy Spirit is pointing. That's why David said, God, search me and see if there's anything, any wicked thing in me. And there's hopefully all of us who want to get to this place. When we say, Holy Spirit, I'm tired of drinking from old wells. I'm tired of having to let down my bucket, investing my time and my energy into something that is never going to satisfy, something that is never going to fulfill me. I want your living water. I don't want to thirst again. I'm tired of being thirsty. I'm tired of being thirsty for the wrong things, I should say. Jesus says that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. It's a promise. You will be filled. I'm going to close with this scripture. Ephesians 1.23. says, and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Some of you are walking through life. You're dealing with rejection. You're dealing with loneliness. You're dealing with abandonment. You're dealing with fear. You're dealing with stress, anxiety, depression. And you're, you're steady fighting, you're steady wrestling and worrying. And the Holy Spirit sent me to tell you this morning that he is the one who fills all things. You, is, there, is there an empty area in your life? Don't run to something else. Run to him. He fills all things. Everywhere. 